Yes. Okay. Good morning, everybody. First check is, can everybody hear me? Please nod if you can hear me. Thank you. We've been having audio challenges here and there, so I appreciate it. Excellent nodding, too. <laughs> All right. I'm still letting people in, so give me a little few moments here just to get everybody sort of settled in. And we will just go down the list um, and let people present during their time. For those who are here, we will allow for screen sharing. Um, so we can let people do that. And I need to make sure that is that option is made available. There we go. Okay. Um, my name is Porter Arneal, Director of Creative, uh, Director of Communications and Creative Resources. And um, we are here this morning for three minute presentations by our TGT grant program um, applicants. Um, we have several board members here and those who are not here are, um, I'm recording this so that they can view these presentations later. So we are recording. Um, we are also broadcasting this live to YouTube so that other people can watch from there as well. So we'll have a recording on YouTube as well. Um, so with that, I'm going to let the um, board members who are present um, just to introduce themselves um, as a starting point. Uh, Mary, would you start us off just briefly? I'm Mary Dubton. I'm the representative from the uh, Cultural Arts Commission. Thanks, Mary. And Sue Shea? Hi, I'm Sue. Um, I am a retailer downtown, Lawrence, and I've been on the committee for a few years. Thank you, Sue. And um, Peter, if you'd introduce yourself. I am Peter Bobkowski and I represent Explore Lawrence. Thank you. And as I said, other board members, oh, Katie, sorry. Katie, can you introduce yourself? Hi there, I'm Katie Tigreen. I'm the general manager and director of sales for the Best Western um, Hotel here in Lawrence. Thank you, Katie. And I see somebody on the phone. I just wanna make sure I don't miss any board members. Is there another board member present at this point? Okay. Um, but like I said, we're recording this, so they'll be able to view these as well. Um, so we'll go from there. So with that, um, let me start the process. And our first presenter is U.S. Endurance Grinder Nationals. And I see Troy is here. Troy, take it away. Okay, thank you. Um, I'll just give a quick overview and then answer any questions, I guess. Um, uh, the U.S. Endurance Gravel Grinder National Championship. It's a 100-mile national championship bicycle race held on the gravel roads around Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, the race starts in finishes at Johnny's Tavern on North 2nd. We usually use the the um, that uh, the road, the gravel road there that's on the levee um, to, to start and finish. Um, we also include with that a, a second ride, which is called the Graveler's Raid, um, which offers a 25 and 50 mile non-competitive just ride option, uh, which really expands the pool of potential riders to just about anyone who can ride a bike. Um, so it 
that in increases the uh, attendance and obviously the economic impact for Lawrence. Um, we kind of bring in revenue new to Lawrence in three ways. Um, we attract racers in the area in the preceding months. A lot of them will come and ride to familiarize themselves with the area. Um, and then there's obviously the guys that all come in, guys and girls that come in for the event. And then we see that after people come and, and, and experience Lawrence, that we find that a lot of them are really pleasantly surprised, especially guys that like to ride gravel. And they're like, well, hey, we're gonna come back and ride again later. Um, we have some of the following people are our local uh, local support already, Explore Lawrence, City of Lawrence, Anderson Rental, Hy-Vee, Johnny's Tavern, Lawrence Cycle Works, Lawrence Trek Store, Sunflower, uh, Outdoor and Bike Shop, Lawrence Rotary Club, Alchemy uh, Coffee, Casey's General Store, Lawrence Bicycle Club, and Lawrence Mountain Biking Club, and O'Malley's Beverage. Um, it's becoming an annual uh, event that's really growing. Um, we believe it has the potential eventually to, to grow sort of the size of the Dirty Kanza, uh, which um, draws over 3,500 riders to Emporia every year and has a huge uh, economic impact because uh, we just see gravel continuing to grow and the interest in the national championships certainly continuing with that. Um, and I guess if there's any questions, some of the, the media we do are uh, advertising. We send out event posters to all bike shops and about a 15 state uh, radius around us. Um, we do some major advertising on uh, gravel websites. Uh, there's a couple of, of big gravel websites. So we do some magazine advertising and social media advertising for the event. Great, thank you, Troy, appreciate it. Um, board members, anybody have any questions for Troy? I do, um, I just noticed well, maybe you said it and I wasn't I was trying to listen very closely, but how many riders do you think? I mean, you've done it for three years. Has it been growing each year and how many riders do you expect? It, ha it, it has grown every year. Um, this last year we had a little over 300, which we were really happy, especially with COVID, uh, uh, having that site type of numbers and also not having to, to cancel it was great. Um, so we we feel like we're going to continue to grow that thing. Like I said, and, you know, we feel like we're growing a, around 100 riders every year, but we're all, we're hoping to maybe do a little bit bigger uh, social media push to see if we can really bump that number up. Good question. Any other questions for Troy? Okay, great. Thank you, Troy. I appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Okay. Let me reset my clock here. And our next presenter is going to be uh, Mike Logan for actually he has two events um, to present. And I see he's already gearing up to go. So Mike, um, I'll let you introduce yourself and take it away. You have three minutes for this presentation. I know we'll, we'll go into your next presentation. Go ahead. Perfect, thank you. Um, thank you for having me this morning. Uh, my presentation, my first presentation today is for Bottleneck Bottle Rock. Um, Bottleneck, as you, you may be familiar, is a, a longstanding music venue here in downtown Lawrence. Um, the year 2020 was to celebrate our 35th anniversary uh, for a venue of, of the size of the bottleneck 
um, to withstand 35 years in, in a normal climate um, is quite amazing. It outlasted CBGBs and then any number of other venues and major markets. Uh, it really is um, a jewel um, for the Midwest from a touring standpoint. Um, obviously 2020 wasn't the time to celebrate um, and 2021 um, not quite, quite there yet as well. So uh, what I'm proposing in 2022 is a celebration of the bottleneck um, and an inaugural event um, called Bottle Rock. Um, this would be a one day event um, that would start in the afternoon timeframe on the um, 700 block of New Hampshire um, and run through the early evening, um, free and sponsor driven uh, with, uh, and the intention is that the bottleneck is able to call on some of those names that are hanging on the wall inside the venue uh, to help us celebrate in a proper fashion. Um, I've had some success with other venue driven um, uh, outdoor events um, with the Granada reaching outside its four walls and in the immediate vicinity with Live on Mass uh, in years past. I think it is a natural progression um, to push for the bottleneck to um, uh, reach uh, outside its four walls and do some things that uh, uh, could bring a significant, you know, approximately 10 times more bodies than uh, an interior show of the bottleneck uh, could host. Um, you know, typical marketing channels for concerts, um, radio, print, social media, a, a large groundswell. And the hope is that once we um, uh, identify a date and some artists that we've got um, three to four months, approximately 120 days to market this event in a, in a 60 to 120 mile radius. Um, uh, so that is our, our targeted radius for overnight stays and day trippers. Any questions? Well done. You have 20 seconds to spare. Nice job. Any questions from the board for Mike? I promise I won't have questions every time, Mike, but I do on this one. You said you don't have a date. Would you consider doing this in off-peak season? You know, with, with the one to make it an outdoor event, um, you, we are limited to, uh, you know, non, non-snowy days. Uh, you know, we had some luck hosting an outdoor event downtown um, at the end of October this year. Um, as early as early April, uh, uh, but, but generally, you know, I think this would probably land in the May through August timeframe. Okay. Thanks. So Mike, about how many people do you anticipate? I know you said considerably more than would fit inside, but do you have any, uh, ballpark figures in mind? Uh, four to 5,000, uh, bodies would be the anticipated attendance for an event like this, um, based on. Um, the anticipated um, talent budget and, and associated marketing budget. Thank you. You're welcome. Any other questions from the board members? Okay, great. Thanks, Mike. No um, bear with me one second. Let me get myself reset here. And so your next presentation will be for the Bleeding Kansas Festival. And if you are ready, go ahead.
Okay, I think I am, am I scaring, sharing my screen there? Do you see this? Uh, you are, this it's, there we go, we got it. Okay, so the Bleeding Kansas Festival is not a, a new concept. The, the, this festival happened in 2006 uh, in Birchland Park and I wanted to share with you um, the, the poster for that, that event. Quite a substantial lineup. Um, this event was hosted by a number of promoters in Bircham Park um, in, in the days before uh, internet marketing was uh, as strong as, as it is today. Um, this was a wonderful event, a, a, a still talked about event in the industry. A lot of these bands share um, agents and um, touring personnel that come through and can't stop talking about Bleeding Kansas. It was not a financial success. Um, it it uh, was kind of stuck on the same weekend as Lollapalooza uh, in Chicago and, and, it, and it didn't quite work. I think my intention with Bleeding Kansas Festival going forward is a reshape and, and a rebuild I want to do it as a um, Friday uh, multiple venue event and then a Saturday uh, outdoor um, uh, concert. And I, I put in my detail when I submitted this proposal that I think a really neat component to this um, is that uh, we can, for the day of the event on the Saturday, um, put together uh, a a tour or landmark map of places and exhibits um, that um, are, have historical context um, and really tap into some of the um, heritage marketing. Um, you know, I, I've been a participant in this transient guest tax program for several years and there are one-off exhibits, but I think the combination of uh, uh, the music and some of this heritage marketing together um, certainly can be expressed in the marketing and the lead up to the event. Um, it's just a, a different take on um, what I what I do as my core in, in music promotion, um, but also working with Freedom's Frontier, uh, potentially the Watkins, Kansas History Museum on um, creating a, a attractions uh, to, to enhance what that day tripper or weekend stay um, participant in the weekend would be. I would love any questions that you may have. Thanks, Mike. Any questions from the board? Does anyone remember this festival from 2006? Exactly. <laughs> that was a long time ago and pre-pandemic. <laughs> I can't remember, yeah, two and a half years ago. Uh, well, thank you for the opportunity pre to present for the Bleeding Kansas Festival. Uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you, Mike, appreciate it. No problem. Okay, let me get resettled here. And uh, our next presenter is John, no, sorry. Yes, John Brooks. Um, and for Show Me Games. John, are you here and available? Can you hear me? There we go. Yep. Now we can hear you. All right. I had to unmute. Sorry about that. That's okay. Technology. Right. And you, do you need to... Hi, John. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and do you need to do share screen or... Are you just? Uh, 
No, I'm just going to talk about the events. Uh, I submitted the budgets and everything for the events and kind of uh, detailed everything about the events. And I've actually um, uh, submitted these for the past, I believe, three to four years. Uh, so it's pretty much the same events, but I've added a couple uh, events that I'm now bringing out to Lawrence this year. And uh, and I guess I can kind of just talk about them. And then if you guys have any questions or uh, you can ask afterwards. Uh. That sounds good. And um, just, you know, what I would say is I know you, you're lined up with three events here, but go ahead and just speak to each one um, separately just to make sure the board is clear which one you're talking about. Um, uh, so no. if you go ahead and start with the show me games and you have, you know, I have three minutes for each one. So if you're ready, go ahead. Yeah, the Show Me Games, uh, uh, what this is, is uh, it's a youth basketball tournament uh, ranging from first grade through high school with teams that will be coming in, not only here from Kansas City, uh, metropolitan area, that will also be coming in uh, from all over the country as well. Uh, this event will be a three-day event uh, starting on Friday, ending on Sunday, uh, which, of course, will generate two nights stay of hotels. Uh, this event... Uh, with like all of my events, uh, average probably about 125 to 150 teams coming in. And with those teams coming in, probably 70% of them uh, being from out of state. So of course means they will need lodging, uh, places to eat. Uh, and what I plan on doing as well uh, that uh, I haven't done too good in the past few years is to reach out to the local restaurants to see if they would like to put flyers up at the event so that uh, the people that are coming in uh, would know which restaurants to possibly go to to get something to eat. And um, so that, uh, of course, we'll be able to generate business to the restaurants uh, with all the people that will be in town. And again, uh, this event will probably be about 125 to 150 teams, uh, which average probably about anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500 uh, spectators that will be looking for places to eat. Uh, which also bring money into the city of Lawrence. Um, that's pretty much the gist of the event. Uh, like all of my events, they're just a youth uh, basketball tournaments. Uh, so that's pretty much what I got for the Show Me Games. Uh, if you guys got any questions, you can ask. And uh, and then we'll kind of just jump from one to the other because I believe you got all three of them lined up back to back. Yeah, trying to make your life easier too. I truly appreciate it. <laughs> um, any any questions from the board on this event? I have a question. Um, so we've seen several events. Both my sons play basketball and um, our hotel is located directly across from the venue that you guys would be playing at. Um, in the event that players are required masks, would they would there be any um, chance that you guys would cancel the tournament. The reason I ask is we had several volleyball tournaments scheduled over there and they ended up moving out of the county because they required players to wear masks. So that was the problem last year with, uh, with I believe, two of my events that I ended up canceling out because uh, players were required to wear masks. And, um, and unfortunately, uh, with, uh, with the teams that I deal with, uh, wearing masks. Uh, I have not had much success with players wearing masks now. As far as the, the parents, the spectators, everyone wearing masks hasn't been an issue at all uh, with any events that I host. And basically, I host these events twice a month. 
uh, throughout the country. And um, so that's never an issue. The issue is uh, with kids wearing masks. Uh, haven't had much luck with that. Uh, so that I did cancel, I want to say one, maybe two events uh, last year that I was going to be hosting out there in Lawrence uh, because of the guidelines with the wearing of the mask. Thank you. Thanks, John. Mary, did you have a question? No. Oh, I saw you unmute. I thought maybe you had a question. Okay, great. Um, thanks, John, for that one. And then the next one is never walk on the hardwood, if you want to speak to that. Yeah, the Never Walk on the Hardwood, uh, this is actually the event that I first started with with doing youth basketball tournaments uh, eight years ago. Uh, we started off with 45 teams, and now we've grown with this event uh, where it averages anywhere from just depends on the year. But coming out of COVID, it was a little rough. I think we did 150 teams last year, but we've been averaging uh, anywhere from 150 to 200-plus teams in this event. And um, so this is my signature event right here, uh, which brings in the most teams. Um, and what I'm doing this year that I've done differently than the past few years is that uh, this is kind of the give back year. And meaning that uh, the prices have been lowered uh, with all of my events, including this one, uh, just kind of, especially for the, the local teams here within the Kansas City metropolitan area and also Lawrence and uh, Topeka. Uh, meaning that now these teams will be able to play against some of the top teams in the country because I have teams coming in from California, um, Las Vegas, Wisconsin, uh, Texas. Basically, I got them coming in from 20 different states from across the country. Uh, and again, with these teams coming in from across the country, all of them be coming in on Friday night and uh, staying throughout the weekend, uh, generating again two nights stay hotel. And, um, and of course, my main hotel is always the, uh, the best Western right there uh, at the sports uh, pavilion. Um, again, uh, this, this, this is the one that started everything here. This is the one that generates the revenue for the uh, non-for-profit organization that I run, which my youth basketball teams are under. And basically, uh, what I do with these events is basically the profit from those events. It basically, uh, it sponsors my program. Uh, KC Rising Stars. So One Movement Hoops is uh, the tournament aspect and KC Rising Stars is the basketball uh, part of it. Thanks, John. No problem. Okay, so um, any questions from the board on that event? Um, yeah, John, on this event and the, the previous one, are these going to stay in Lawrence or do you move these around every year? Are they, do they have different venues all the time? So this, these events stay in Lawrence. Uh, the only reason I moved it, I moved this event last year was due to the, uh, the COVID guidelines that you guys had. And, uh, and this event, I moved it to Wichita last year. But for the past five years, I've held this event uh, out in Lawrence. Uh, of course, I used to work with Chad before he left, and now I work with Taylor. And uh, what Taylor does for me, same thing that Chad does for me, is that uh, in the event that uh, Sports Pavilion is not big enough, he's reached out to the local high schools, and, uh, and I've also used the local high schools in the area as well. 
And for clarity, for those who may not know, Taylor works for the Parks and Rec Department and runs Sports Pavilion Warrens. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I guess I should have That's mentioned okay. that. That's okay. No, I just want to make sure they all understood that. No problem. Okay. Okay. And uh, you have one more, uh, Midwest One Movement Basketball Camp. Now, this one here is, uh, th this one here is really uh, kind of big to me right here because this is, when I say a give back year for me, uh, this is one that I'm kind of giving back. Uh, with this event here, uh, I'll be bringing in 21 coaches from across the country. And uh, what these coaches will be doing, uh, they're skill development coaches. And so we're going to put on a, a camp. And with this camp, uh, they'll basically be teaching kids the fundamentals of the game, doing speed and agility drills. Uh, with these coaches, of course, what I'm going to do Pardon me. I'll be putting the coaches up uh, in the rooms. Uh, they're over at the Best Western for the two nights. Uh, also, we'll give them a stipend check and uh, for their lunch and dinner each night uh, so that they can take care of the kids and, uh, and put on a good show for the kids. Um, and with, with this camp, what I'm going to do, uh, the camp for all the local kids, of course, uh, here in the KC, when I say KC metropolitan areas, Kansas City, Lawrence, Topeka, uh, Olathe, all these kids here locally, uh, they'll be discounted for this event to half price where the kids only pay $100 for a three-day weekend. And then all of the out-of-state campers, uh, they, they pay a little bit more. And the purchase of them paying a little bit more so that it covers the cost of all the coaches that I'll be bringing in from across the country uh, to put on this event. And then um, and with this camp, I'll probably be about, again, uh, Probably about 60% of that uh, of the campers will be from out of state. And again, uh, of course, when you come in from out of state, again, they'll need the lodging, uh, of course, places to eat or whatnot. And uh, and the best Western is always my go-to hotel uh, where everybody comes in is where I do my registration uh, for the camps and the tournaments. And, uh, and this is, of course, where I stay as well so that I can kind of be involved with all the coaches that come in from uh, from out of state. And, uh, and that's pretty much the gist of what I do. And, uh, and again, uh, all the events that I do, uh, although I don't have kids from Lawrence, I do have kids from Kansas City, uh, Olathe, Topeka, uh, North Kansas City uh, that participate in my organization. And what we do is uh, we take these kids and we travel all over the country uh, with these kids uh, just basically to give them an experience of a lifetime. So uh, that is the purpose of all the events that I host. And I host it in Lawrence, of course, because of the venue, the sports pavilion. Uh, it allows me to keep majority of my event underneath one roof because I can change that from eight courts to 16 courts at any given moment. Thank you, John. No problem. Okay, any questions from the board on that event? Um, I, this is Mary. Uh, John, I just want to clarify. So the last event is a camp. Yes. And and the other two events are both tournaments. And I I didn't hear any difference in the two tournaments. Are they for different age groups or are they the same population? Or? No, so here, here's what it is. Uh, the tournaments, they're, they're for the same age groups. Uh, they'll be from third grade through high school. Uh, on the girl's side and on the boy's side, it'll be from first grade through high school. Um, the difference is, is that when when you host multiple events, what you do is you get different teams from different demographic areas. And so like one event, 
I may pull like for the show me games that are probably pretty much pull throughout the Midwest. When I say Midwest, I'm ranging from Illinois to Oklahoma, Arkansas, uh, to Iowa, to Nebraska, uh, the Never Walk on the Hardwood. That event, I'm going to get teams from all over the country. And that event basically brings in teams from about 20, 21 different states that will be coming in for that event. And that, because that event is my signature event. Uh, that's the event that I started with. I've been doing it. This will be my eighth year doing that event. And uh, right. So what, what's the difference between that one and the other one? The only difference is that everybody, everybody across the country knows about it. That's the biggest difference. Uh, really, in, in a nutshell, a basketball tournament is really a basketball tournament. And um, but the difference is, is that I get more teams from different spots in the country because everybody knows about it. And I'll be bringing in some of the top teams in the country that comes to that event. Thank you. Uh, no problem. And did you want to know the difference about the camp or did you pretty much get the difference with the camp? No, I understood the camp. <laughs> OK, sorry about that. I just wanted to make sure I didn't know if you wanted an explanation behind that one as well. No, that's fine. Thanks. No worries. Thanks, John. Any other questions from the board? Okay, great. Thank you, John. Appreciate your time. No problem. I appreciate you guys. Take care. All right. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Um, next on the schedule is the Caw River Roots festival and before we do that i just want to ask everybody if you're not actively presenting can you please turn your video off um we're just trying to keep it um minimized so that there's not too much activity on screen so each presenter has a, a plenty of um time and can see the board members as well thank you i appreciate that um so we have mike Hanna here hi mike hi hi porter thanks for having me here and, and uh, uh, thanks Go ahead. go ahead. Sorry, I, I'm, I won't okay. interrupt you. You're raring to go. Go ahead. Thanks. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll keep this as, as brief as I can. I appreciate the time of the committee today. Uh, I'm Mike Cannon with Cod River Roots Festival, and the purpose of Cod River Roots Festival has become a signature destination event to bring in people from all over the United States uh, to spend multiple days in Lawrence for a two-day, uh, hopefully soon to be three-day music festival as we continue to grow this. And uh, that's the purpose of it too. We really believe in the mission of reconnecting uh, the community with the riverfront, especially our downtown merchants, and not only bringing in people to spend money at the hotels, but the restaurants and the retail as well in downtown. So we were a grant recipient uh, last year and we did put on our event in August. So uh, thank you for the support. Uh, the event, we had over 550 attendees, including uh, 400 plus pre-sold tickets. Uh, unfortunately, the event did coincide with the Delta surge, so that did put a little damper on our, our ticket sales. So we are expecting this event to actually potentially have double the attendees uh, this coming year in 2022. Uh, but from those attendees this year, we had nine different states represented from our ticket buyers and five other states uh, from our artists alone. So we drew in all people from uh, a great distance. Uh, people came from Maryland and Austin and uh, Boulder, Colorado. And that's really the purpose of this event. It's the only way that this event continues to grow and be successful. And that's where our marketing dollars are geared towards. Uh, we know that the Lawrence music fans are going to show up for this, but there is a big market out there for 
curated talent uh, of, of festivals that are multiple days. And there's a lot of competition for those ticket buyers. So we brought in 25 acts, uh, some great national talent, two Grammy award winners, and uh, the best fiddle player uh, alive, in, at least in terms of, of bluegrass. So uh, that was part of the reason why a lot of people came in from out of state. And again, that's something that we're going to continue to do. Uh, we did partner with a hotel that was adjacent to Abe and Jake's, which is where this event takes place in downtown Lawrence. And we had 87 rooms booked through the weekend um, from our festival. We sure that some other people stayed at a different hotel, but uh, we actually sold hotel rooms to our ticket buyers through our website, uh, which is something we'll continue to do because again, uh, that is very, very important to us. And there's a lot of competition, like I said, uh, for these ticket buyers out there, there's some great uh, curated uh, roots festivals in places like Columbia and Fayetteville uh, that are ahead of us, quite frankly. And last year was our inaugural year. So we're really trying to uh, step up our game this year and continue to deliver uh, great talent and attract people from far and wide. We think that this uh, really represents the Lawrence culture. And uh, we appreciate you guys supporting it last year and hope you continue to do so in the future. I'd be happy to answer any questions. Um, like I said, we are hoping to expand this and make it a destination landmark event for years to come. That was spot on. Exactly three minutes. Well done. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. uh, any questions from the board on Mike's event, Caw River Roots Festival? Okay. I think they're satisfied. Thank you, Mike. Okay. Appreciate right. it. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for your time. All right. Um, next on our schedule is the Belgian waffle ride. Um, Joseph, I see you here. You can pop on screen. There we go. Great. Hi. Hey guys, thank you. I'm sharing my screen right now. And yeah, go ahead and, and share your information. Y'all see that there? Hang on, still trying to find its way through the interwebs. There you go. And go ahead. You shared the wrong screen. All right, um, guys. Um, for Oops, um, Joseph, today. It's, it's Joseph, sorry. Oh, there we go. I think yeah. it came on. It, we were having a little trouble. I think you're good now. Go ahead. Sure. Appreciate the time this morning. Uh, here, um, it's, it's a the new event that we brought to town. Hey, Joseph, um, I think we're yeah. having a little internet challenge, so I would suggest you turn off your video so we can just, right. it, you're, you're, you're real choppy. So let's see if you okay. turn off your video, if that helps. Go ahead. Okay, um, <laughs> sorry about that, guys. Um, this is, um, to give you a little bit of background behind the Belgium Awful Ride, it's a three-day uh, cycling festival uh, in October. Um, the dates for this year coming forward are going to be October 14th through the 16th. Um, comprised of three days, um, being a Friday night concert, um, in coordination with the Granada, Mike Logan helped us this past year to promote that and was 
for being a late October event. This past week, we hosted the event over Queen. Uh, turnout, even though the weather we had a great turnout, um, nonetheless. On Saturday, we have an outdoor expo that invites um, all the riders and participants that come in from all over the country to enjoy different vendors and event sponsors and local vendors and supporters of the event. Um, and make connections and spend the day. There's a provided by Free State Brewing. Um, and it really gets um, the whole community involved and um, just and on Sunday is when we have the actual ride. Everyone um, leaves the uh, head north up into Johnson County or Jefferson County and Leavenworth gravel roads and experience single track and gravel sections over a 111 mile course. We do offer three different uh, course distances. Um, the longest being and then we have a 70 mile option, and a 35 to 40 mile option. Those of uh, and is trying out and writers include everyone. Um, Joseph, sorry, we're having you're you're cutting in and out. I think we're getting the gist of everything you're sharing, and obviously we can see your slide, um, but your internet is a little spotty. So stop your okay. try stopping your screen share. Keep your video off. Okay. And um, I think um, we did get the gist of what you were sharing. And again, we did see your slide. So unfortunately, technology is not cooperating as well as we'd hope. Um, let me see if the board, does anybody have any questions for Joseph on this event? Um, what, just one quick one, Joseph, do you feel like this will stay in the community um, for the years to come, or do you have plans that this might move in different areas of Kansas? No, this, this event is become um, a Lawrence. Um, that is one of the main reasons we decided to partner with the Monuments of Cycling folks that originally created the um, and they have races in North Carolina, Utah, and now where the we, and the goal with that was they have a huge following and we this year we we drew. A Um, Joseph, unfortunately, well, cut out. But it, that with that coming, can you hear me? Uh, it's cutting out. I think. Um, let me check in with the board. I mean, I feel like we heard enough. Um, you were in and out, Joseph, so it's just unfortunate. But again, I think the board. Let me just check with our board members here. Are you all? 
satisfied that you have the information you need? Okay. I just want to make sure you guys are okay. Joseph, it was, it wasn't horrible, but it was kind of spotty and that underwater sound. Um, but anyway, I think you were able to, to share enough information. And like I said, we, we saw the slide. Um, if, if for some reason any board members have questions, I will reach out to you. Okay. And I'm happy to share this, this, the slideshow too with you. So you can share with the board members if you like. So, well, and this is recorded. So people will be able to review this later as well. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, right. Joseph. Thank you. Uh huh. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Um. Let's see. Belgian waffle ride. So the next event is the sixty-second annual downtown Lawrence sidewalk sale. Um. And I have Sally Zagrai listed as the presenter on this. Sally, are you here? Or is there somebody else that was going to present on this event? Okay, I don't see anybody um, turning on their camera and that's fine. We're just, we intentionally make this open-ended so we can always adjust it. So I will mark that this is still do and we'll figure out who's going to be presenting on that. Um, so the next event on our schedule is the Retro Cocktail Hour 25th Anniversary Concert and Celebration. And there she is. <laughs> um, and if you're ready, go ahead and start your presentation. All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Felonice Lovato Winston. I'm the Director of Development for Kansas Public Radio. And I just shared my screen, but I don't think it worked, so I'm gonna try. It, it tried to work and then it dropped off. Try it again. There All we right. go. All right, thank you. Um, I'm joined today by Daryl Brogdon. He is the host of the Retro Cocktail Hour and he is also Kansas Public Radio's program director. On April 30th, 2022, we are planning a concert at Liberty Hall and a cocktail party the day before at the Eldridge Hotel, celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Retro Cocktail Hour. And in preparation for this grant specifically, Daryl reached out to Retro Cocktail Hour fans. It's one of our most popular shows with a survey about the concert. And we received many responses and testimonials from folks who said they were looking forward to traveling to Lawrence for the festivities. And you can see at the top of this outline here, I have a testimonial from someone in Toronto who is planning on traveling to Lawrence for the concert. Tickets for the concert have been on sale since mid-November, and we have already sold a fifth of the house. We do expect to sell this show out. It features a big uh, space age pop or exotica band, the YTK7, and so we are fully expecting to sell out. Room blocks have been reserved at the Spring Hill Suites and the Eldridge Hotel. And even though the festivities are several months away, seven rooms have already been reserved at the Spring Hill Suites. I know that the purpose of this grant is 
partially to provide marketing funds. Kansas Public Radio and the Retro Cocktail Hour show, which runs on 100 other streaming streaming services and radio stations, those are already very effective marketing tools. And it does cost us resources, especially in staff time, to implement those tools. This grant would help us offset the cost for the event that we believe will add to the cultural and tourism economy of our city and will bring people to Lawrence from out of town, out of state, and possibly from other countries. We do host Retro Cocktail Hour concerts at least every other year. And we plan a big concert featuring a bigger band like the YTK7 every five years for big anniversary events. How are open to make concerts more frequent, especially after I've done research for this particular grant and I've realized how many fans Retro Cocktail Hour has and how big the draw could be. And now I'm going to turn it over to Daryl. He can provide us with more information about the appeal of this type of music and the marketing push on the national broadcast. Thank you very much, Feli, and hello, everybody. Um, yes, there is uh, enormous appeal uh, worldwide for the type of music that's featured on the Retro Cocktail Hour. And there aren't many opportunities to enjoy live concerts of this music in this part of the country. You pretty much have to go to the West Coast or the East Coast or Hawaii in order to enjoy this music. And there's an enormous opportunity here for uh, Kansas Public Radio and the Lawrence community to offer this type of event for folks who enjoy this music. We'll be doing a heavy promotional push on the shows. Feli said it's broadcast on a hundred stations around the world. Uh, so we're going to be reaching out to listeners everywhere. And we've already found that people who listen to this show are willing to travel to Lawrence to see uh, a concert like this. This will be the 10th concert of its kind that we've, we've done. We've done large and small events and almost always uh, we're full and uh, it'll definitely generate yes sir if i can sorry i'm gonna jump in because you you've um you've hit your three minute mark and then some um but um in spite of your fantastic shirt i have to stop you um <laughs> and so anyway but now i want to give time to the board if you have any questions um on this event and thank you both i appreciate it it was a good presentation any questions? Okay, fantastic. Thank you both so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. And I think I saw Sally Zagrai come on to the meeting. Here she is. All right, so we'll go back to the 62nd annual downtown Lawrence sidewalk sale. And welcome, Sally. And um, you have three minutes. Hi. Um, go ahead. Hey. Well, hopefully, all of you are familiar with our sidewalk sale. As Porter said, uh, this would be the 62nd annual in 2020, even though um, I think I just froze up. Dang it. Even though it's really the 63rd uh, because we didn't have one in um, in uh, 2020, sorry, 2020, yes. Um, we have had a plan 
for a couple of years now to try and expand the sidewalk sale to a multi-day event. Um, that is common in a lot of our peer communities. Either they have a sale all week long or they'll have it, you know, starting on a Thursday, Friday or a Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, to showcase their local retailers and um, for the retailers to be able to um, make a party out of putting things on sale, I guess. Um, Sue, Sue probably knows better about how much of a party some people put on um, coming from the retailer's perspective. But this is um, one of our oldest events here in Lawrence. Uh, started in 1959. Um, it's iconic. Shoppers travel from as far away as Des Moines and Tulsa and St. Louis to come in and shop, um, especially at some of our very long time niche stores like Yarn Barn, like Stitch On, which sadly now is not downtown, but um, of course was for 30 plus years. Wax and Candles, Mass Street Music, um, all of Footprints, all of those longtime businesses. Um, there are folks who um, contact us each year from across the country. They wanna know when the sidewalk sale is gonna be because they're either planning a family reunion, they're planning a vacation, they're, they're gonna plan some kind of a homecoming um, and they wanna be able to catch the sale if um, that works with their plans. Obviously this sale generates a tremendous amount of sales tax, um, which is critical to our general fund, to our city budget. Um, and we do have challenges with um, just the way that the process is set up in the state of Kansas um, with getting exact sales tax numbers by, by neighborhood or zip code. Um, I've been trying for eight years to do that and not been successful, but this is a huge day for sales tax collection. Um, in a regular year, we'll have sometimes 10,000 plus shoppers visit Mass Street yearly. And our, again, our focus in 2022 is to improve, expand and reinvigorate it. Um, we did a bit of that this year in 2021, given all of the challenges and the changing public health mandates, we actually had our sale on September 9th, which was a Thursday in early September. And it was only 87 degrees instead of 107 degrees. And that was a really welcome change. We received such positive feedback from both the shoppers, but also from the merchants. Um, and uh, so what we we're going to do is to meet in early 2022 to talk about that um, and how, wh whether we want to stick with that kind of the early fall, um, or um, make it more of kind of a fall festival on a non-football weekend. So again, this would bring in folks um, on a weekend when we wouldn't already be, be full, which of course, when we hold it in the summer, that is a traditional slow time for, for everyone here in Lawrence, including the hotels. Dally, um, Dally yep. that's, that's time. Um, thank you though. Lots of information right, there. Um, board members, any questions for Sally about this event? After 63 years, I guess everybody's pretty familiar. Great. Thank you, Sally. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, next on our schedule is Rev It Up Hot Rod Street Fest. And I think Michelle is here. Great. Hi, Michelle. Good morning. And this is my husband, Steven. Hi. 
Great. Thanks. And I, I will let you take it away. Go ahead. All right. I'd like just to make a couple of introductory remarks. The Rev It Up Hot Rod Street Fest, this will be our 14th year. We've had it downtown for about 12 years, and we block off Massachusetts Street on a Saturday from 11th to 13th, and we just fill the street on both sides with just beautiful custom cars, and Parks and Rec has allowed us to park some on the grass on the northwest area. Last year, we had about 320 cars, and with each car brings in one to two people. Um, and then we've had probably a couple thousand spectators just coming down the last few years. We've tried to reach out to the community at large more that the cars kind of grow by word of mouth, but we try to bring in more just general public, just come watch and see what's going on. We have uh, live music. We have usually each year, we have a, a national recording act come in. We have a very nice stage and sound system setups, people can enjoy the concert. We have vendors, food, merch, drink vendors. Uh, several years ago, we pulled the downtown merchants, asked them about their feel about the whole show, and they we got very positive response, a good impact on, on downtown commerce. And the uh, director of Parks and Rec has called our show one of the premier events for downtown Lawrence. So I'm gonna turn it over to Michelle. Uh, for, for my part of this, um, I'd like to state that approximately 65% of the drivers that register for our show are from out of town, and um, they come from Des Moines, Wichita, uh, you know, Oklahoma, things like that. Um, lots of Kansas City drivers. Um, we are in the process of... Um, we got some marketing bids because we'd really like to make this more of a regional event. And uh, we're looking at hitting, um, let's see, Kansas City, Metro, Omaha, Des Moines, Wichita, and St. Louis, um, the 35 and over crowd and over 50,000 annual crowd um, to get them to stay overnight, to get them here from a further, more people from out of town. Um, and then um, attendees, we're looking at a radius of 150-ish miles around Lawrence. Um, and uh, we have three proposed budgets that have been sent to us um, to reach anywhere from 27 to 56.3% of the people in our targeted areas. And um, let's see, um, we're hoping to partner with another um, event that wants to happen in the fall so that we can um, have something going on in the evening to encourage overnight stays. When we had our headliner last year, in from Los Angeles and they had so much fun downtown they were posting it on their Facebook page and they have you know tens of thousands of followers and everybody was like well what is this Lawrence and it gave us the idea that we could really promote Lawrence more before the show so that's what we're hoping to do and we're also hoping Michelle, to partner that's, with hotels. that's time that's time okay. thank you though that was great lots of information um, any, any questions from our board members on this event? Okay, great. Thank you both. Appreciate the information. Take care. All right. Next on our schedule is the KU powwow and indigenous cultures festival. And I'm not sure. 
if that representative is here yet. Is anybody here for the KU Powwow and Indigenous Cultures Festival? If not, we will just move that forward to a later time and make sure that person's aware. Okay. Well, we're a little ahead of schedule. Um, we can either, let me see. Since we're ahead of schedule, I wanna be fair to everybody and I'm not sure everybody's on for the next group. So if you're all willing, let's take a 13 minute break. We get an additional three minutes on our break. How's that? Um, so we will come back at 1010 um, for the next section of event presentations. Thank you. We are gonna get started here again. Okay, just a reminder to everybody, um, we have our board members here. Um, I'm asking people to keep their video off unless they're actively participating. Um, everybody has three minutes for their presentation. And so we will get back to the schedule and we will go with KU Powwow and Indigenous Cultures Festival and Anthea is here and I will let her take it away. Hey everyone, Anthea, I'm the Education Engagement Director at the LEAD Center, and um, I'm going to be presenting on the KU Powwow Indigenous Cultures Festival along with Jancita Warrington, who is an integral part of our committee. Um, so this year's Powwow and Festival will be our sixth. We had to cancel 2020, and the 21 festival, we actually went virtual. It was, it was interesting and pretty successful. We're excited to go live again, though, uh, safely. Each year prior to 2020, we've had ever-increasing numbers in attendance of the day, on the day of the Powwow Festival. We've also increased the number of committee members that plan this event. Uh, right now, we have KU and Haskell students and staff. We have KU Native students and staff, as well as non-Native staff and Native and non-Native community members. So it's truly a collaboration. In fact, I want to note that the committee now is um, more 60% uh, 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 Native um, involvement in that committee. Jancita? Yeah, the First Nation Student Association Powwow is sort of the culminating event for the Indigenous Dance and Cultures Festival, which this year will take place on April 9th. The festival has multiple educational components that start and continue two to three weeks leading up to the final day of the festival with the powwow celebration of culture, um, wrapping that, that uh, time up. Uh, these supporting events include film showings, uh, documentary features with post showing panels, uh, various exhibits at the Cider Gallery, as well as other public sites visiting Indigenous artists as part of the Indigenous Arts Initiative that's loosely tied to the festival, a community wellness 5K, various lectures, and interactive and engaging workshops. The LEAD Center is committed to creating this educational platform by hosting a contemporary Indigenous artist or group Friday night before the powwow. This year's performance showcase will be a company called Red Sky, who is an internationally acclaimed Anishinaabe dance company. 
The powwow day includes cultural singing and dancing in the main area, multiple talks and interactive cultural workshops, kids and family-based cultural activities and traditional tribal dwellings, and native artisans with an opportunity to experience an array of foods and vendors. So for this upcoming festival, we're going to be focusing in the day of the festival, um, we're going to be focusing on local native artists, uh, historians and tribal experts. This will include Dr. Teresa Milk, who is an expert on boarding schools, a panel of local and national Native American writers who write specifically for young audiences. Um, we're going to have a session on land acknowledgement and what that means and what's happening at KU in regards to that and tribal and cultural education sessions. Um, we're gonna showcase film work created by um, KU Haskell students involved with the Indigenous Arts Initiative and a short film on Douglas County's support of Haskell and Haskell's history. This Perfect. is a really dynamic event that has continued to grow exponentially, uh, garnishing awareness and support of the First Nation Student Association organization and our community partners. The festival has created a foundational platform for building other local native projects and opportunities to enhance the community's experience with tribal culture. Uh, the singers are the tribal knowledge keepers and the dancers are the storytellers of our culture. And by showcasing and sharing the knowledge of artists, singers and dancers and allowing them to experience Lawrence, they in turn attract other singers and dancers, spectators, community members, artists, and various tribal nations to Lawrence during the entire period of the festival. That's great. I'm going to have to Thank stop you, you there. That's your three minutes. Thank you both. Thank you. Yep. Lots Thank of you. good information. Um, does the board have any questions related to this event? Okay. No questions from the board. Thank you both. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Okay. Next on our schedule is the Nutcracker, a Kansas ballet. And it looks like, is it Hanan? Hey, you're very close. Hanan. Hanan. Say that. Mm -hmm. I put my accents in the wrong place, but thank you. Um, welcome and thanks for coming. Um, you have three minutes and you're welcome to share your screen if you want to, um, but I will let you take it away. Thank you. Wonderful, thank you. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Hayna Misko and I'm the School of Dance Director here at the Lawrence Arts Center, as well as the Artistic Director of uh, our Nutcracker production. Uh, I'm pleased to be joining you all and appreciate the opportunity to speak with you about the Nutcracker, a Kansas ballet. Um, as some of you may already know, this ballet is the pinnacle of the holiday season for the Lawrence Arts Center. And we just finished up our 2021 run of this production. And we're delighted to have all our shows sold out. The performance this year included over 100 dancers, a live orchestra of 12 musicians, and 50 staff members and volunteers. Uh, we had uh, a very enthusiastic response from our audience, many whom uh, which expressed to us how they missed the show in 2020. Um, the picture behind me, just to, to, to share with you this, this is a picture captured from 2019, the last time it was safe for us to do a group photo. And it'll, it'll give you a sense of all the different characters and colors and um, people involved in the show, at least from the stage perspective. Um, 
Our audience members come from all over the region to experience the magic of this production. Uh, this family-friendly show not only features dance and music art forms, but also visual arts. We employ local artists to help make our sets, backdrops, props, um, and so much more, including uh, local artist Kent Smith, who made our fantastic mouse mask. This uh, is a really special um, production and compared to other productions, it's tied into our local community and its history. Set in Lawrence during the Civil War era, the dances feature Kansas creatures, plants, historical figures such as John Brown, and, and much more. Our newest backdrop for Act Two features an expertly painted mural of the sun setting over the Kaw River. It really does feel like Kansas. Planning for the production never stops, and we have already begun planning for 2022 with the hope and excitement of it being our 20th year anniversary since the first ever Nutcracker production back in 2002. The Art Center is honored to share the Nutcracker with the entire region and sincerely appreciate your consideration for this request for funding assistance to make this project possible. Thank you very much. Great, thank you very much, Hannah. I appreciate it. Um, any questions from our board members on this event? It's a great photo behind you. Okay, terrific. Thanks a lot, Hannah. Appreciate it. And our next event is um, the Free State Festival 2022. And Marlo is right on her screen share. Go ahead, Marlo, take it away, three minutes. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me here today. Uh, this is the Free State Festival 2022. We celebrated last year uh, with the outdoor celebration of cinema, and we were delighted that our partners, such as Theater Lawrence, the Lawrence um, uh, School District with the College and Career Center, and the Lead Center and the Library really stepped up and provided a showcase for these films and made it possible for us to celebrate safely. We had so many people that attended the event. Um, they made it a special occasion because we were one of the few events going on this summer. So they brought families back, students came back that had graduated from KU to experience an event safely that was outdoors. And opportunity knocked. We were so excited because everything went so well. People wanted to know what can we do next? How can we continue this love of cinema and community gathering together? So we formed the first ever free state Film Society, and we've held it. We've held several events so far to get people connected and engaged in film at Liberty Hall and the Cider Gallery. So it's been a delight. This also led to Lawrence being selected as one of seven cities around the country for the Sundance Film Festival Satellite Seat Screen Program. So this is really exciting and a great opportunity to put Lawrence on the map of such a prestigious event. So for Free State 2022, we're going to go back to the theater. Uh, we had our huge headliner set up for 2020 before the pandemic, and one of them was John Waters. So we're excited to bring him back to Lawrence. This is one of several cities that he's doing in 2022. So we expect a huge draw from around the states surrounding us, from Colorado, um, from Nebraska, we're hitting Texas as well with some of the interest in that event. So that's going to be great. He has his very first fiction novel coming out that spring. So we're partnering with the Raven Bookstore to do some book sales and some partnership. Our comedian that is presenting, her name is Cameron Esposito, and she also has a book. So that's very exciting that we're going to build not only uh, entertainment, but also literary and film connections as well. 
Uh, we're partnering with the Spencer Museum of Art uh, to bring Dario Robledo back to Lawrence. Uh, he came and installed a work called The Aorta of an Archivist during the pandemic at the Spencer, where they had very limited capacity. And they had interest from several states where people flew in, such fans of his experimental work. So we're going to showcase this to a larger audience during the Free State Festival this, um, this spring. We're also working on the Indigenous Experimental Film Art Tour. Uh, this will be a showcase. We're partnering with the Lead Center and the Indigenous Powwow Festival. That was the week before that presented earlier and presenting some great films that will be showcased along downtown where you can walk and see an experimental film, have a map, and then go to a different location. So get people out and about experiencing the community and having a, a, a first look at these great films. One of our musicians is the Black Creatures. They are a dynamic um, hip hop duo and they're fantastic and kind of have some great cinematic sci-fi qualities to them. So we're excited to pair them with a the film and have an excellent concert. So as you can see, Free State Festival is absolutely integral to the creative economy of Lawrence and helps establish its unmistakable identity. We bring people together in new and unexpected ways and get ideas shared, films experienced, art um, shown in different and unique ways. So thank you so much. Thank you, Marlo. Appreciate it. Uh, board members, any question for Marlo on this event? Okay, great. Thanks, Marlo. Thank you all and have a happy holiday. All right, next we have Lawrence Restaurant Week, and I think Cody is here to present on that. Cody, you have three minutes, take it away. Hi, everybody, can you see my screen? Yes. Okay, awesome. Um, I am Cody Bates. I am the vice chair of the Lawrence Restaurant Association, and I am here to talk about the foodie event of the year, um, the 2022 Lawrence Restaurant Week. Um, this year, goes into our eighth year, uh, yes, eighth year. And we, um, little background on Lawrence Restaurant Week, it's a 10-day event for locally owned and operated Lawrence restaurants to invite diners for special menu features or formats showcasing the best of what each establishment has to offer. Lawrence Restaurant Week is open to any locally owned or operated restaurants in Lawrence, and there is no cost to participate. What does Lawrence Restaurant Week do? We um, aim to highlight the eclectic and expansive dining scene across Lawrence to attract local diners and more importantly, visitors from surrounding areas for the special 10-day event. Um, our goal is to drive traffic to restaurants during a traditional, um, traditionally low volume timeframe. And we also this year um, are really excited to promote awareness and generate donations for the Lawrence Restaurant Association's Hospitality Workers Relief Fund, um, which was an aid fund that developed out of the pandemic as um, a, a way to provide emergency funds to hospitality workers. The Lawrence Restaurant Week um, for 2022, sorry for that 2021 date, um, but it will be January 21st through 30th of 2022. So it's coming up. Um, and what's new in our eighth year? We've partnered with Explore Lawrence and DLI this year to create an even greater marketing reach. Traditionally, this event was something that came out of um, Downtown Lawrence Inc. And then last year, Lawrence Restaurant Association um, kind of took that over and worked with DLI on some of the marketing um, programs that they had developed when it was under their umbrella. And this year we've expanded that to include um, Explore Lawrence's vast reach for some really great regional marketing. 
We are also updating our app, which launched last year to accommodate more real-time information and advertising opportunities. So another interactive way during the 10-day timeframe to um, get, get folks engaged in the, all the events and all the restaurants that are happening. And we also this year, as I mentioned, are promoting our Hospitality Workers Relief Fund and generating um, donations from diners. We have um, plans for some check presenters on site at the locations, um, at the various participating locations, as well as um, a link directly from our app. And this is a lot of information, but I'll sum it up and say we are, why are we a great fit for TGT funds? As you can see, some of these numbers, we have a really large reach in what we're able to do over the last eight years. We've built quite a bit of um, social media uh, capital, and we're excited to continue to expand that and, and grow that. We've seen a lot of return and engagement with um, folks. And last year, something that was new, we um, worked with Midco to provide um, streaming service ad impressions and some TV ad impressions with Midco. And um, you'll see some of the um, channels those were those were um, and streaming services that those premiered on, but we're excited to continue to grow that aspect of it. And what we found is that this tra translates into bringing thousands of collective diners and drinkers into Lawrence restaurants, um, some local, a lot regional um, visitors, and the TGT fund specifically will directly support um, mobilizing this large audience and um, the TGT funds will, will be used to directly support that marketing plan. Thanks, Cody. Thank That's you. time. Appreciate it. Um, just want to make sure does anybody on the board have any questions for Cody? Okay. Thank you, Cody. Thank you so much. Okay, next is the KC pre-national volleyball tournament. And there is Mark. Hello, good morning, two. everybody. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, um, if you'd you like to, you can share your screen if you'd like to, and I will let you take it away, and you have three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Porter. Thank you, board members, for letting me be here today. Um, we, of course, uh, I'm the club director for a volleyball club in Topeka. Um, we have started a pre-national tournament all over 10 years ago, and honestly, uh, uh, one of the big reasons we uh, moved over here to Lawrence was because we kind of outgrew the Expo Center in Topeka. And uh, with your beautiful facility, uh, and after talking to Explore Lawrence, we, uh, we couldn't resist but coming over here. And this would be our third year coming over here to your, um, your beautiful city. Um, what we do is we have a pre-national volleyball tournament for kids 10 through 18. Um, it's kids that have qualified for nationals or AAU nationals. Um, we get them from right now about seven surrounding states coming in. Um, we started our tournament over here in 2019. Um, of course, 2020, we weren't able to do anything. 2021 uh, was a big success uh, for the exception of we couldn't grow as big as we wanted to because of uh, COVID and facilities not available to us. Um, you guys were generous enough to give us some money um, that last year to uh, help fund this. And what your money did, we kind of had to sit and think about what can we do here to build this even though we don't have the space. And uh, we have been running a volleyball camp um, the, the Friday before the event. So we decided to use uh, a lot of that money to bring in some top 
level uh, college D1 coaches to run the event. And um, to our surprise, our, our numbers almost doubled, um, which was great. So uh, that money was was very well used and we appreciate that the money you gave us. Um, this year, uh, our, our plans, our hopes are um, to be able to use some of your other facilities that we um, weren't able to use in the past, like KU Rec Center, uh, Robinson, uh, Free State. We have we had to turn away teams last year to our event because we were just able to use uh, the sports pavilion. Um, so we're in hopes this year that we can still keep growing this event. And um, right now it looks like it is. You know, every year we keep getting more and more teams, and it's becoming kind of a uh, one of the biggest uh, pre-national tournaments in the Midwest. Um, but uh, just to kind of give you some numbers, um, in 2019, our uh, hotel numbers, Explorer Lawrence does a great job of helping us kind of track what our numbers are in hotel stays. Uh, 2019, we roughly did right around 650 hotel nights. Um, 2021, we did about 740. Um, and we're hoping to make that even more this year. Uh, the, the We're working very close with your hotel management and it they're starting to see that the, the benefits and they're kind of giving us more blocked rooms now so we can get more people to stay here. We've actually had to push people over to Legends or in Topeka to use hotel rooms over there in the past because um, we just couldn't get the hotel rooms, uh, you know, in the past at the beginning because they just didn't want to hold that many for us. But we're they're, they're seeing it now. We're, we're really starting to grow and uh, um, I think this event's going to keep going and we want to make it along. Uh, lasting relationship here with you guys and uh, Explore Lawrence here in the in the long term. We don't plan on going anywhere. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I'm just going to stop you there. Um, you're on time. Thank you, though. Appreciate your um, presentation. And uh, just want to check in with the board. Any questions for Mark on the uh, volleyball tournament? Okay. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good, great holiday. You too. Okay, and our next event is the 2022 April Fools Football Festival. Um, and I saw Kirsten pop on and then she disappeared. And Mark, I'm gonna ask you to, uh, oops, Kristen, Kirsten's having some mic issues um, not the first to suffer tech issues so we'll bear with you just a second here
she's logging in back in we feel your pain zoom is a blessing and a curse uh-oh <laughs> Looks like she got bumped off again. Let's do this while she's trying to figure this out. Um, Freddie, are you available? I am. Can you hear me? Yeah. Great. Okay. We're going to we're just skip over the football festival for now until she can work on her uh, tech issues. And we'll jump to the Lead Horse Open 3, the championship series. And Freddie, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. And you have three minutes, and I will let you take it. And feel free to share your screen if that's what you want to do. I'll just present. It's all good. I don't okay. Need to do that. Okay, great. It's all yours. All right. Good morning, members of the Transient Guest Tax Advisory Board. My name is Freddie Gipp, and I'm the CEO and founder of Lead Horse LLC. We are proposing to host a weekday Native American dancing and singing competition in downtown Lawrence at the Library Lawn and the Lead Center of Kansas on July 19th to the 21st. This will be the third installation of the Lead Horse Open Series, as we are still analyzing and designing the best ways to maximize our impact that bolsters economic revenue and success through one of Lawrence's most strongest, diverse, and unique cultural tourism and recreational traveling assets, which I believe is our Native American competitive power celebrations. Earlier this year, we made a pivotal uh, decision to focus on the best ways to mitigate the COVID-19 pandemic that resulted in the development of the Lead Horse Open One, and two in February and July, which were both held at the Lead Center. Both events were very successful and widely recognized as a new and different way to engage Palo dancers with our July event, attracting over 250 in-person spectators and amassing over 30,000 live stream views. At the time, we opted to not allow any powwow singing due to it being a high risk and transmissive activity. We were met with both applause and criticism at the time, Due to the decision to emphasize the safety and security ahead of recognition and validation from our market, and that was okay with us, as we set a precedent here in Lawrence, Kansas. Dancers traveled from New Mexico to Minnesota and as far as Washington, Oregon, and Idaho with international interest from Canada, but was later deemed as an external issue with a border at the time. People were eager and ready to compete, especially back in February, as we were the first powwow-related event or activity to host something this year. Now we are transitioning our focus to reintegrate our power singers by providing them with a competition that is fair, just, and equitable, and will headline the Lead Horse Open 3. For the dancing component, we are expanding by hosting eight new dance categories that complement our singing competition in hopes of attracting more weekday competitors as this event falls on an ideal sequence of other power competitions occurring the weekend before, such as Mandaree, which is the more recent, successful, and largest power here in the contiguous United States, and the weekend after. This past July, we only allowed two dance categories to fill in 40 spots. And this year, we'll, there will be no restriction on quantity or age for those eight new dance categories and two singing divisions, allowing any and all interested contestants to travel to Lawrence during the week. Lawrence is widely recognized as a viable area and destination driver for our power dancers and singers. And we believe it is time to enhance the character and reputation of the city as we embark on a new path that encourages individuality, passion, and economic self-sufficiency for our competitors and instant tourism for our community. My name is Freddie Gipp and I'm the CEO of Lead Horse LLC. 
And uh, that's my presentation today. So if you have any questions, just let me know. Thank you, Freddie. Appreciate it. Um, hang on. There we go. Any questions from the board for Freddie on this event? Okay, great. Thanks, Freddie. All right, have a good weekend. You too. Okay, and it looks like maybe your tech problems are resolved. Yay. I certainly hope so. I apologize, everyone. I thought I had it all ready to go, and then I don't know why, but no one could hear me. So, uh, again, thanks for uh, letting me chat with you all today. Uh, I'm Kirsten Judd. I'm the Deputy Executive Director of Sporting Call Valley. I'm also the Tournament Director of the April Fool's Football Festival. Um, just a little bit of background for you. I know you guys have been just hearing tons of uh, tons of information today, but uh, the April Fool's April Fools Football Festival is a youth soccer tournament and um, it's scheduled for April 1st through the 3rd, 2022. Um, it should be our 11th, or it should be our 12th actual uh, uh, tournament itself, but we had one that canceled obviously due to the pandemic. And so we'll say this is our 11th year hosting the event. Um, the tournament takes place out at Clinton Lake Youth Sports Complex. And usually we have somewhere between 80 and 100 teams participate with about 70% of those coming from out of town. Um, the tournament's a fundraiser as well for Sporting Call Valley. Um, you know, we're a nonprofit organization uh, in Lawrence and have been since 1982. And we do everything in our power to structure our fees so um, that it's essentially revenue neutral for our organization. Uh, we want to encourage obviously as many youth players to come and play soccer. Um, however, we find that more and more uh, players are needing scholarships in order to play. So. We have about $15,000 a year that we allocate for scholarships to players in need. And the proceeds from this tournament um, are used to help fund that, that scholarship program. So uh, since COVID restrictions have lifted, we've actually seen this huge upswing in registrations and um, parents are looking for ways to keep their kids active. However, they're also struggling more financially now. So we're getting more and more applications for scholarships. Um, the tournament itself uh, is um, it's beneficial to, to the community in many different ways. It's a two and a half day tournament. So obviously families are coming in um, to eat and shop and they, they spend the nights here. Um, in the past three years, we've had somewhere on the average of 50 to 150 nights uh, booked in hotels. Um, the tournament also provides jobs for our referees and volunteer opportunities for high school and college kids. Um, there's an amazing oversaturation of tournaments, um, as you've probably heard in just your applications today. But um, Topeka, Kansas City, Manhattan, Wichita, we're competing for sports tourism dollars. And uh, we want to obviously keep that uh, those dollars here in Lawrence and um, be able to bring this tournament and potentially have you know others in the future. Um, but we don't have a signature sponsor or not seeking any additional financial support from any other organization. Um, any of the funds that we've received from the tax grant uh, program would be used just in the promotion of this tournament uh, so that we can continue to um, engage in, in um, more social media, more paid advertising, video production, email marketing, uh, text marketing, things like that to um, just to coaches and teams across the across the state. So um, 
that's essentially what I've got. I appreciate the opportunity to share information with you about the April Fool's Football Festival. Happy to answer any questions if you have those. Great, thanks Kirsten. Any questions from the board for Kirsten on this event? Okay, thanks again, Kirsten, appreciate it. And congratulations on beating the internet. Thank you so much. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Okay, next up is the Lawrence Busker Festival. And I see that Richard is ready. Richard, you'll have three minutes. And uh, you're welcome to share your screen, which you're already doing. So I'll let you take it away. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, my name is Richard Renner, and I recognize most of you, and hopefully you recognize me as well, so we can skip with the formalities here. I want to share with you a video that I got uh, several years ago from an out-of-town musician from Denver who did a great job just capturing the Lawrence Busker Festival. And I'll shut up and let you watch this for a moment. can't hear the audio, Richard. I don't know if that matters. What about it? We can't hear any audio. You can't hear the audio? Well, maybe I no. should talk then. <laughs> okay, well, there's actually drums playing in the background here, and it's actually pretty exciting. I'm sorry that it's not, uh, it's not coming across. So, all right, I'll just, I'll just talk over this then. The uh, Lawrence Busker Festival this year, we actually put it on after having to cancel twice in 2020 and we continue to try to create something new and different every year uh, the things that we've done in the past were busker boot camps where we actually uh, uh richard sorry now now the audio is working so it's interrupting your speaking okay. <laughs> <laughs> i'll shut up and let you enjoy it And now the audio is not working. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, let's let's just stop this nonsense for now. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, we've always tried to uh, create new and different things to keep the Lawrence Busker Festival an iconic event for, for Lawrence. Uh, uh, interesting, so people keep coming back. And this year, we actually had, was our first year with our main sponsor, the Free State Brewery. And with their additional money and money that we got from a tourism grant as well, we were able to extend our marketing into regional areas through billboards and radio advertising and online ads into Wichita, Denver, Chicago, Omaha, and places like that. And we got great response, we got great, great response from there. So we had people visiting us from those areas, I'm sure, although it's hard to track it from just online marketing. And what we want to do this year to change things up, we're going to go to a four day festival. We're going back to Memorial Day weekend and we will be doing Memorial Day to uh, extend it to one more day. In the past, when we were just on Memorial Day weekend uh, and we weren't on that Monday, I was coming downtown and there were people still looking for the Busker Festival on that day. So after talking to the vendors and the artists and such, everyone was like, let's do it. 
So we're going to extend it. And that having over multiple bays, that will also increase the traffic to the hotels and tourism people coming in to see more. We'll still good. I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. that's your time. So okay. thank you though. Appreciate it. Um, any questions for Richard on this event from the board? Thank you. Okay, thank you. All right, so um, we have uh, the next event is the 2022 Perfect Game Jayhawk Classic Softball Tournament. Easy for me to say. And Angel is here. Hi, Angel. Hello, Porter. Welcome, and um, you have three minutes, and if you'd like to share your screen, you may, and I'll let you take it from there. Awesome. I, I won't be sharing my screen. I just wanted to provide some updates as it relates to who we are as an organization. I would like to start by commending you um, for all the information, the transparency, and the consistency. You and your team have been awesome during this process. Um, we run a significant amount of events across our great country and throughout the world. Um, Perfect Game is a leader in the amateur baseball and softball space as it relates to the aspirational model of athletes achieving their next goal. We're looking at uh, funding support for the Perfect Game Jayhawk Classic for both baseball and softball. Uh, those are separate weekends. The first one for baseball is April 1st through the 3rd. The second, that's the baseball weekend. The softball weekend is April 22nd through the 24th. Uh, one of the items that we are actually working on across the country, and certainly our international travelers that come to our events as well, is the opportunity for them to have an experience on one of our great universities or college campuses. So as part of this event, we're looking at partnering with the University of Kansas, where each of the participating teams and individuals will be allowed to go to a college baseball and or college softball event. Uh, our belief on that is some of the things that we talk about through our PG Cares Foundation, with some of the elements of providing opportunities that are beyond the performance space. So getting young people acclimated on visiting college campuses, understanding what those dynamics do allow uh, for. So that, that the funding support provided by the city of Lawrence will be allocated specifically to allowing those athletes coming in, visiting um, and or local citizens driving within a 50 mile radius uh, to participate in that activity throughout the weekend. Um, but for our events, typically they start at 6 p.m. on a Friday night. Um, most of the games uh, will be played Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, with tourism components ranging from 150 to 200 room nights per night. Those are conservative estimates. Uh, we'll do 600,000 room nights across our great country this year for all events across the country. For our, On average, for each of our events, uh, it's a 60-40 split uh, with 60% of those teams, tourism-based teams, traveling in um, and staying in hotels and being active uh, beyond the transient transaction um, with direct spending elements, with restaurants, um, attractions and of course staying in hotels. Um, but that's our quick presentation. I know those are, we have three minutes per, uh, but certainly understanding that um, great, great destination. Uh, our interest in teams is already significant uh, because of that experience that is provided through the city of Lawrence and obviously your partner, our mutual partners at the University of Kansas as well. But once again, thank you uh, for allowing us to present and certainly the ability to use youth sports complex and the parks and recs um, that allow us to partner on hosting events and activities in your great city. Great, thank you, Angel, appreciate it. Um, any questions from the board? Actually, he covered the two events, which is the uh, 
classic softball tournament and the baseball tournament. I guess I do have a question. It sounds like the softball tournament is the same weekend as the uh, soccer tournament. Is there any concern in the hotel industry? I mean, can, is Lawrence big enough to have two big tournaments the same weekend? From our perspective, uh, I think the community uh, has that ability, so no worries on our end. Um, I won't speak on the soccer, but your destination is extremely attractive for a lot of reasons. Um, so I think our hotel partners will certainly welcome uh, that level of compression in your great city. But we have not had any uh, projection challenges with uh, setting up room blocks and hotel information um, from our event side. Thanks, okay. Angel. Thanks, Mary. We can, and I think we can reach out to Explore Lawrence and um, check in with them and, and get a sense on that as well. Any other questions for Angel? Okay, great. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you all. Take care. All right. Next on our um, schedule is Theater Lawrence Holiday, Sh Holiday Show 2022, and Linda Honeyman is here uh, to present on this event. And hi, Linda. Hi, everyone. My name is Linda Honeyman, and I'm the Development Director here at Theater Lawrence. And since we are a theater, we've been performing for over 44 years. We have our performance, which our holiday performance is the one that we're asking for assistance and funding to increase our marketing. And it is during the month of December, so hopefully it'll help out the hotels during a slower month. And we also uh, partner with them and offer special theater rates to encourage overnight stays. And since we are a theater, I've invited an out-of-state guest to do my presentation for me. Anyway, and he also doubles as our business manager at Theater Lawrence. So Santa from our current performance of Elf the Musical is going to do my, my presentation. Happy holidays, everyone. Um, as an out-of-state visitor, I want to also just say that I enjoy my time here in Lawrence. Um, we also have been presenting theater here and this we've done for this month so far, we've done 34 Kansas counties that we've had visitors from, as well as several other states. Um, I understand that we also pay all our sales tax on our ticket sales, as well as our materials that we buy for the productions itself. Um, as Linda said, we currently offer special rates for three from three Lawrence hotels for our overnight guests and our out-of-state visitors. We have almost 4,000 patrons for our holiday productions, which has become a family tradition. Our patrons usually buy tickets for the entire family as an annual family tradition. Not we don't always produce Elf every year, but we have done other productions such as A Christmas Story, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, as well as Peter Pan. And uh, Lawrence is known for arts and culture and these holiday productions are great family entertainments and they give an opportunity for families to get together as well as um, coming and staying overnight and enjoying the wonderful town of Lawrence. Um, Linda, did I forget anything? I think you're good. 
I think we're good. Um, I'm, I'm looking through my notes real quick just to make sure I didn't forget anything. Um, you know, it looks like I've got everything said. All right, thank you so much for your time and happy holidays, everyone. Thank you, Linda and Santa. Um, I appreciate that Santa was able to take a break. This is a busy season for Santa, so thank you for that. And um, I will ask the board if there's any questions for Linda um, on this event. I just have a question for Santa. I want to know if Porter's on his nice list or naughty list. <laughs> I can't say that's personal information. <laughs> okay. Uh oh. I still have I still have time. I'll, I'll get back on his list. You better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Linda and Santa. Merry Christmas. Take care. Okay. And I think we have Angel coming back now. We have the Perfect Game College Campus Series Jayhawk Classic Baseball and Softball. Is that right, Angel? Uh, Porter, it was originally, and then we were able to work with your Parks and Recreation to get uh, an additional weekend. So we were able to separate those. Um, so that's even better for your community. So um, those th that event, um, that original submission uh, was for both combined. And now we have two separate weekends, the first weekend in April and the third weekend in April. Okay, so the, the two that you presented earlier are are what so wait a minute so we need to scratch off this one the that um is, that is correct okay thank you sorry i didn't understand that at the time that's great that's why we do this thank you angel i appreciate it no worries thank you okay so um that takes us to i'll tell you what um I think I saw Fally on here. Fally, if you're available, we have a, a, a break scheduled on our uh, schedule, but if you're available and are ready, we can let you present. I am. Okay, so wonderful. I'm, I'm, I have Welcome. to screen share. Hi, hi everybody. Thank um, you. I have to screen share with my okay. PowerPoint presentation. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so we'll see if this goes well can everybody see my screen yes and okay. if you want to hit presentation then it'll right now we're seeing it um in editing view yeah oh it'll be is this okay so now it's all black okay you got it. um and just before i start i just want everybody to know that i took every single photo you're about to see and that's relevant because it shows the dedication i have to this specific cause okay i'm starting now Earlier this year, my partner drove me to South Park to kick off the Pride Parade, and I was expecting to see about 200 people, and instead I saw more than 2,000. And there's one thing that's been clear over the last year, the need for Pride, hold on a second, my thing's skipping, here we go. The need for Pride and the celebration of queer culture has grown. We have weekly drag shows that have outgrown their venue. We have a Pride celebration in June that has also outgrown its venue and resources, and we have to make sure that Lawrence is able to sustain LGBT culture as much as possible. And if you stopped by the Watkins recently, they have an entire section up on the history of Pride, but it essentially kind of stopped in the early 2000s, leaving a big gap until I Heart Local Music came along and started providing a parade and party, and that started in 2017. 
since then, I've been exhausting myself <laughs> following the drag shows in Lawrence every single weekend. I've gone every single week since they reopened, and they're like nowhere else. When they started up after the pandemic, the lines were down the block. Most visitors were from out of town, and the drag culture is bringing an incredible amount of visitors and revenue to Lawrence, and we're really providing nothing to them in return. We also have title holders. Miss Amanda Love, the current host of the weekly drag shows, is the reigning Miss Gay Kansas United States. Nova Kane de Mornay, the king of Lawrence, is Mr. Salt City. Frequent performer Sasha May Carmichael is the current reigning Miss XY. We are surrounded by royalty. We've also seen our drag performers get endless press, both in newspapers and more recently a huge spread in Lawrence Magazine via yours truly. Our pride celebration is also featured in Lawrence's tourism guide via Explore Lawrence, which gets sent out everywhere. During the pandemic, when everything shut down, we went live with our pride celebration from the bottleneck, and this garnered us an award for best virtual event. Earlier this year, we gained some more press when a contestant from RuPaul's Drag Race flew into town to help raise money for House of McCoy, which provides housing and services to trans youth, which by the way, our pride event aims to raise money for this year. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I Heart Local Music has consistently made sure to put queer and trans artists in the spotlight, elevating their work and artistry. And I just finished my top 10 list of best shows for the year. And I went and looked at it and half the artists on the list are trans. And that's perhaps what was the most overwhelming detail of our pride in 2021. Our attendees were mostly trans youth and their families. Last year, more than half of all transgender non-binary youth in the United States considered suicide. That number is not only staggering, it is heartbreaking. Events like Pride could potentially save lives and it shows that we're a community of strength, support and love. And we even have one drag performer who plans on getting married at Pride next year. That's a big secret. Imagine what message we can send to the masses. The TGT Fund helps fund this event and keep it free and accessible, not just to the Lawrence community, but to the entire LGBT community across the state and in nearby states. If we accomplished all we did in the last year with virtually no funding, imagine what we can accomplish with your support. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Fally. You were spot on. Excellent. Um, any questions from the board for Fally? Okay, that's great. Thanks a lot, Fally. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks so much. Okay, so let's go ahead and take a break, and we will um, we will resume at eleven ten. See you all at eleven ten. Thanks. Okay, welcome back everybody. Um, we will continue with our event present schedule. Um, and our next event is Divas of the Court, Lawrence, Kansas, and that is Jay Lambert. Jay, are you here? I see your name. Yes, I am here. Can everyone hear me? We can hear you. And um, see my screen. Yes, you may. We don't see it yet, but go ahead and share your screen. And once we get everything set up, I will give you three minutes. Um, do you see my screen now? Should be a map of the United States. We see it. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And happy holidays to everyone. Uh, thank you for your time this morning. Uh, my name is Jay Lambert of Big Time Hoops. Um, Big Time Hoops has been in existence since 2011, hosting youth basketball tournaments. We started in the Mid-Atlantic area um, in 2011. We are, we have hosted our first event 
at the pavilion last year, uh, which was the Circular Champions. But we're here to talk about the Divas. The Divas of the Court will be a new offering. This will be the first annual offering, and this will be a girls only event. Uh, we will showcase ages nine through 18. And that will be the weekend of July 16th through the 17th. What we're trying to do is market this in association with um, another five divas of the courts that we that that are spread throughout the United States. So we would like to have a true circuit where teams go from um, Kentucky to Texas to Kansas for their travel um, needs uh, for 2022. Um, what Big Time Hoops has offered is always a safe, uh, professionally ran um, event. Uh, with top tier teams from across the United States. Um, that's all I have for Divas of the Court. Are there any questions? Thank you, Jay. I'm going to stop your screen share here. Okay. Uh, any questions from the board on this event? All right, no questions. Thanks, Jay. And would you like to proceed to Circuit of Champions? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Circuit of Champions um, was hosted um, last year, a very successful event for the um, for, for, um, inaugural event. Um, for this year, for 2022, we anticipate to have 80 plus teams. And we anticipate at least 60 teams will be out of state and we should generate about 200 plus rooms uh, within the Lawrence area. Um, we normally have Baller TV that live streams and records um, all games. The age um, that we're hosting 9U through 18U, but we'll have a heavier focus this year on 9U to 14U because they generate um, greater revenue for the surrounding areas. So we're trying to leverage hopefully your marketing dollars to have a campaign specific um, for the Circuit of Champions in Kansas. The Circuit of Champions is in 14 other states, just like Divas of the Court. We um, we push our, our teams that, that are within our systems to support the other circuits in the other 14 states. So what we're trying to do is create a um, campaign um, exclusive just for the circuit of um, within Lawrence, Kansas. We want to do a direct mailer. We want to do social media marketing. We want to do YouTube um, advertising as well. We had we had great footage from last year's event um, that we would like to market, and that's all I have for that particular presentation. Great, thank you, Jay. Um, once again, any questions from the board on this event? Okay, thanks, Jay, appreciate your time and uh, thanks for your presentations. Thank you. Take care. Okay, uh, next on the schedule is the UA Future Mid-America. Rafi. 
Uh, just checking, is there anybody here to present on UA Future Mid-America? Okay, not seeing anybody for that, so we'll hold that one. Um, the next event is this the Celtic Roots Festival, Celtic, Celtic, Celtic. There's Brendan, or no, sorry, Gary. It is uh, Celtic. Celtic, thank you. I Celtic. should have known that. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, I am not going to be talking during this slideshow, so I'm going to share my screen now, and I'll be with you guys at the end for questions. Sounds good. Thanks. Okay. We can see your screen. Questions from the board. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Any questions for Gary on this event? Music speaks for itself. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You too. All right. I'm going to go back and just make sure if there's anybody here for UA Future of Mid-America event. Uh, 
not seeing anybody on that. Okay. Um, so that takes us to the Lawrence Old Fashioned Christmas Parade. And I know I saw Marty. Great. Hi, Marty. How you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us. And I see Julie popping on. And so I think Good you morning. know, um, yeah, welcome both of you. Thank you for joining us. Um, and we will give you three minutes to share your presentation with the board. Thanks. Thank you, TGT Grant Committee for giving us funds for this year. Uh, December 4th, Saturday, which is a couple weeks ago, we had a great parade downtown Lawrence. It was our 28th year on this parade. We had 54 wagons and buggies, surge, stagecoach, and even a prison wagon with elves in it. It was quite the event. There was 12 riding groups, 160 plus horses, 24 to 30 mules. We did not have any incidents this year, luckily. We had a huge crowd downtown and also along the parade route. We had good reports from our entries that they really enjoyed seeing people out in their yards partying and, and enjoying our parade. We filled up 70 hotel rooms uh, with just our entries. And we know that there was uh, a full country inn and suites was completely full. So they brought their friends, friends and family along with entries and friends of family. Julie DeYoung will now tell you about our ad and media program. Thanks, Marty. Yeah, we um, were able to use the TDG grant funds to aggressively promote the parade this year. After having a year off, we wanted to be sure that both our entries and people wishing to attend were aware that the parade would be back in 2021. So we had an extensive campaign targeting um, equine and um, rural publications to let potential participants know as well as those that would love to attend a horse event that may be on their bucket event to attend the Christmas parade. Um, also um, local um, advertising and publicity to be sure participants knew to come downtown on the first Saturday um, to attend the parade. Um, we had many comments via our Facebook page and, and um, social media about how people had people coming from out of town to attend the parade and and um, all the enjoyment of the weekend that people had because the parade brings them to town that weekend. We were also fortunate this year to receive, um, to be chosen by Invista Credit Union for their Invista Challenge for the month of November, where they provided matching funds up to $2,500 of donations received during the month, as well as an advertising and earned media campaign to support that as well. Uh, we were able to raise more than $9,000 in donations through the InvistaCares program, which they then matched with their $2,500. And their um, supporting media campaign was able to expand the reach of our own advertising budget to increase awareness of the parade in the Kansas City, Topeka, and Lawrence areas as well. So we were pleased with the amount of publicity and advertising we were able to do with the grant funds plus the InvistaCare support and felt that that contributed to a wonderful event this year. As Marty mentioned, um, a high number of participants and the streets were crowded. And I'd be happy to take any questions um, from the committee. Right on time. Thank you both. Appreciate it. Uh, any questions for Marty or for Julie on the um, old-fashioned Christmas parade event? 
No questions here. Great. Thank you both very much. Appreciate it. Let's make it 29 years. Okay, and I know that Rafi was able to join us for the UA Future Mid-America event. There we go. Great. Welcome. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Um, and so, yeah, you may share your screen if you'd like to, or you can present, and uh, you have three minutes. Awesome, thank you. Uh, well, our UA Future Circuit is our national uh, middle school basketball circuit on behalf of Under Armour. Uh, our country split up into six different regions with you know, the Mid-America region being uh, hosted in Lawrence, Kansas for the first time in 2021. Uh, it's a regional event that brings in teams from you know seven or eight different states. So Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Minnesota, South Dakota, and Colorado. You know, so our teams are not, not just local, they're actually mostly not local. Um, in the past, you know, we had it in Kansas City, Lincoln, Nebraska, um, but we had a really good experience in 2021. You know, it runs, our circuit runs from April through June. Last year, we missed out on a lot of teams because we didn't, you know, release our schedule until February and March with everything going on with COVID. Uh, and a lot of youth teams weren't playing. You know, this year we were able to release our schedule in October. So we expect the number of teams to grow. So last year alone, in terms of you know, people booking through us. We did 179 hotel room nights for uh, just a Saturday, Sunday event. And we think that will grow, you know, hopefully by 15 to 20% uh, for this year. And, and we like we like to kind of have, you know, an anchored home for each of our regions. You know, Lawrence was really, really good in year one. If it continues to go well, we'd like to have that be the permanent home for the Mid-America region. Um, you know, for the money it would allow us, because our teams are coming from out of town, um, it would allow us to discount some of these teams and increase sales um, in terms of their entry fees for the tournaments. Um, and it would allow us to also increase our social media and digital content budget to help advertise the event uh, beforehand, uh, but also to put out high level content uh, during the event and after the fact to help promote uh, the Sports Pavilion Lawrence. And we'd be able to tag that to our entire Under Armour Future Middle School circuit social media following as well. Great, thank you very much. Um, any questions on this event from the board? Okay, great. Thanks, Rafi. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. Okay, and I think that takes us to our final event, the um, Lawrence Oktoberfest, and this is going to bring uh, Mike Logan back. Take it away, Mike. Thank you uh, for having me. Uh, my name is Mike Logan. I am presenting today the Oktoberfest, Lawrence, Kansas 2022. Oktoberfest has uh, happened in this community um, for, I think it was five or six years. We hosted this event on the Library Plaza. When I say we, that was Downtown Lawrence Inc. and the Chamber of Commerce. Um, co-produced uh, an event uh, there um, on the Library Plaza. That event um, was very successful. The last year, uh, there was a, uh, a microburst that, that threw a wrench in, in, in the plans. But after further review and trying to figure out how to bring this event back to Lawrence, um, I, I've proposed uh, hosting this event, um, utilizing my Abe and Jake's uh, landing space, plus, um, 
outdoor space in the riverfront parking garage um, top deck and some new found space on the river's edge on the north side of our building. Um, this would allow the festival to come back to Lawrence um, while uh, being able to target its uh, uh, dollars towards uh, true marketing in a regional format. Um, the space has stage and portajons or you know in restrooms versus portajons and power and all these things that are very expensive to create an event uh, for one day. Um, so a, a little bit of history on the event. It's always uh, averaged between 1,000 and 1,200 tickets sold. Uh, kids and 12 and under are free. Tons of family events. Uh, of course, uh, some, some uh, beer offerings, hard cider, wine, root beer. Uh, there's a, a need to expand the partnership with Mass Street Soda. Um, Blade and Timber, if you recall, was a really popular uh, uh, axe throwing uh, space downtown that really got visitors uh, into our, our downtown area. They have a mobile unit and are willing to come out um, as part of this event. And I think um, uh, there has been uh, certainly an emphasis on um, emphasizing um, German-American history here in our community. Uh, there are uh, future opportunities to work with cultural organizations, uh, potential uh, sister cities and Uteen uh, Germany uh, coalition. Um, so that's that's the gist of what we're looking to do. I think uh, uh, our Oktoberfest actually predated uh, the Kansas City Oktoberfest, which is held at Crown um, Plaza. Um, and, uh, I, you know, in my opinion, the uh, city of Lawrence uh, in Douglas County would benefit from a, a well-produced um, event like Oktoberfest 2022. I'm open for all questions. Thank you, Mike. I may add, um, I, I made a, a ask in my application of, of the maximum amount 12,000. I uh, believe that I can launch this event uh, with a minimum of half of that request, 6,000. I have a, uh, to, and, and I would need that to leverage two corporate partnerships that have surfaced um, since application submittal, one with a local car dealership and a regional uh, uh, um, beverage um, wholesaler. So I, th there is real interest, there are real dollars there, um, and, and it's my hope that the um, grant committee will uh, take a hard look at this event. Thank you. Any questions for Mike on this event? Okay, thank you, Mike. Thank you. Um, that is That completes our full schedule. Thank you to everybody for presenting and thank you to our board members um, <coughs> for um, joining us on this. And as I said, we are recording this and we'll share it with the other board members. The next TGT Grant Advisory Board meeting will be on Friday, January 7th, 2022 from 1 to 3 p.m. And um, that's on the TGT Grant Advisory Board webpage on the city's webpage. So I think that is all we have for today. Thanks everybody for um, helping us out and happy weekend and happy holidays. Bye.